We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Uh, As always... As always, uh, we encourage you to keep sharing our videos, make sure and comment on them. Uh, If you're listening on podcasts, any reviews you could leave would be great for us to help just kind of get the word out about these. For this week, I think this is somewhat of a follow-up to when we were talking about confession and things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the question for today is, are there five steps of salvation? That's a pretty common thing we hear in Churches of Christ, at least where I grew up. So, I guess starting off, traditionally, what are the five steps of salvation? Well, sort of and sort of not. Sort of and sort of not. I hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Let's go home now, Jed. We're done. No, seriously. Let's think about these different things because they're not really just steps, but they're processes that okay. start and start, stay with you all your life. For example, okay, uh, in Acts chapter 2, mm-hmm. we have the Pentecost sermon, and that's the first time that repentance and forgiveness of sins was preached in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That says it in Luke 24, verse 47, and it's what happened in Acts 2. <clears throat> In verse 41 of Acts 2, it says, Those who gladly received his word Mm -hmm. were baptized. Okay. So receiving the word of God, hearing Hearing the word of God, precedes any kind of conversion that a person might have throughout the book of Acts. For example, in Acts chapter um, Mm 6, verse, what is it? Seven or eight, the word of God spread. Yep, verse seven. And uh, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly, and a great number of the priests were obedient to the faith. But why did that happen? Because the word of God spread. Right. Um, That means people were listening to the word of God. Yeah. In Jesus' teaching, Luke 8. Okay. Verse 11, the seed is the word of God. So the seed of God's kingdom in people's lives is the word of God. Mm -hmm. But in the book of Acts, that word, as Paul put it later, the message of the cross, 1 Corinthians 1.18, that message is the message of the sinfulness of man, his need for redemption, the death of Jesus, his burial and his resurrection, the fact that Jesus is exalted as Lord and we must obey him. That's the hearing part. That's what a person needs to hear and they need to understand it. Okay. In, in Acts 8, remember that eunuch? Mm-hmm. He's reading Isaiah 53. And he needed some explanation. 
And Philip asked him when he ran up to that chariot, do you understand Mm -hmm. what you are reading? Right. And he said, how can I unless someone guide me? Mm -hmm. And so people must hear and understand the word of God. And Luke 8, somewhere around... Verse 11, maybe verse 13, to those that fell on the good ground, what verse is that? Let's see, the good soil is verse 15. Verse 15, read it. Uh, As for that, in the good soil, they are those that who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. All right, so hearing the gospel message is not good enough unless you hold it fast, Mm -hmm. unless you really let it get into your mind and convict you and convert you and let it move you to do things different, to bear fruit. So it's not it's not just just right off the bat we're used to hear believe. Well it's not just even believe it, it's something begins to change within you. Well conviction is part of the hearing process. You you hear it and you say, Well that's right, that's true. Being convinced or convicted is part of hearing. Mm-hmm. And here he says you hear with an open and honest heart. Mm-hmm. Um, in Acts 16, the first part, somewhere around 14 maybe. I'm not sure the exact verse, but it says, The Lord opened Lydia's heart to give heed to the things that were spoken by Paul. What verse is that? Verse 14. All right. <clears throat> yep. So she... She had an open heart, a good and honest heart, and yeah. she listened, and, and not just listened, but she understood and was convicted mm-hmm. by what the gospel message, and she ended up being baptized into Christ, but she, right. she really welcomed the Word of God into her, into her life to change her. So that's hearing, mm-hmm. okay. and that doesn't stop then throughout life right. we hear God's Word and are further convicted and keep on... And hearing is <clears> the... The idea that it's like steps that we go through. And so if you're climbing a staircase, you don't dwell on a step forever. Yeah, you, you, you like keep leave moving. the step and move, but you don't leave this step. You keep hearing the word of God. Mm, okay. And it may be after that, it may be God's word on moral issues and God's word on the church and God's word on worship. But mm-hmm. we continue to hear the word of God. In fact, in 1 John 3, 9, the reason we don't live in sin is because his seed remains in us. Right. That's God's word. Mm-hmm. So that's hearing. <clears throat> okay. Believing. It sounds like we've hit a couple of them, actually. But. Yeah, believing. <laughs> the word believe is a word which means not only to be convicted, but to trust. Okay. And many, many times in the New Testament, it has the idea of trust and to put your trust in something. So Romans... Uh, 10, what, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, and how shall they call upon the one in whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe in the one whom they have not heard? Mm-hmm. Well, when we, <clears throat> when we call upon, that really means to put your trust in and your confidence in, but you gotta, you got to believe in somebody, and you can't believe in somebody unless you've heard and been convicted about that somebody, which is Jesus. Yeah. And so... When the when the Philippian jailer in Acts sixteen thirty came out trembling, mm-hmm. yeah, sirs, he didn't know Jesus from Adam. What must I do to be saved? And they said, you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your household, and you will be saved. Mm-hmm. But the next verse says, then they spoke to him the word of the Lord. Right. So <clears throat> believing on the Lord Jesus Christ means 
putting your trust mm-hmm. in the redemptive work of Christ. And that's going to mean that you're convinced and convicted that he became human being, that he lived a perfect life, that he, that he died as a, as a sacrifice for our sins, that you can't be saved without that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And you you're make a decision and you're saying, I'm going to put my trust in the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. In John's gospel... Okay. Believing is a word that John uses for the entire response of man. Huh. Meaning the whole package, trusting, meaning following through on that trust. Okay. Um, <clears throat> if, if the little kid is up on the roof and the house is burning and you say, trust me, Johnny, you know, yeah. jump. He really doesn't trust until he decides to jump. Okay. He believe he who believes on the Son has eternal life. He who does not obey the Son shall not see life. That's John three thirty six. So trusting the Lord Jesus is putting your money where your mouth is. Trusting mm. the Lord Jesus is deciding to put your trust in <clears throat> in Jesus and His redemptive work and His lordship. If Jesus okay. is going to be my King and I trust Him, mm-hmm. then whatever He says. So it's more than just taking in a fact and right. kind of holding it tight. Because it's, James 2 says the devils believe yeah. and tremble, but they don't trust. That's the other meaning mm. of this word believe, trust. Okay. And one last thing on believing, John 20, verse 31. Mm. Uh, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing. That is, yeah. as you keep on believing. Right. So, <clears throat> like hearing, mm-hmm. it's a continual thing. It's a continual thing that you start when you're convicted and you keep trusting, you keep deciding to trust as you go along. Okay. So, so far we're hearing that the idea of the steps of salvation automatically puts in kind of a, a false pretense, you know, that it's something you do and you finish. Yeah, but there is validity in the sense that you must begin doing this and keep doing and then, this, and you must begin doing this and okay. keep doing that. Now, before we keep going, because I imagine people are already out there thinking this, does this mean that it is by the things that we are doing that we are headed towards salvation? Like, we yes. do these things and yes. we earn it. No. Okay. You said headed toward, and I, know. I said yes, and, that's and then I was you said clear. earn. And I was going to clarify, <coughs> because I think that's... Some people are going to hear headed towards and interpret earn. No, no. No, we never earn our salvation. But unless we hear the word of God, Mm -hmm. and unless we put our trust in the Lord Jesus, we cannot be saved. Okay. The Bible is very clear about all that. Yeah. So there there is a participation in it, or we respond to it? How would we... We're, we're responding by welcoming the gospel and trusting in what God has done for us and trusting okay. in God's commands. Because I think this is where, as we move into this <coughs> next step, it's like, hear, believe, repent. repent, confess. You know, these are now things that I must do. They are things we must do. Yeah. But we don't earn any. We don't merit anything by mm. them. Now, repentance literally means to change your mind. Okay. And it is really God's word that changes your mind if you allow it to do so. Mm. Uh, repent, therefore, and turn again that your sins may be blotted out. Acts 3, 
verse 19. God doesn't want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Second mm-hmm. Peter 3, 9. <clears throat> Repent and be baptized. Repentance means because you've been convicted by the word of God, and it has changed your thinking about these things, about yourself, about mm-hmm. God, about what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You have been converted or changed. Your okay. attitude, your mind, your perspective has changed. And you've been brought to a commitment. Repentance is a decision, a deciding to turn away from sin and turn to God. Okay. Some people think repentance is just negative. Stop sinning. Right. But it's also, I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to pursue the will of God. What do you want me to do, Lord? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's very much like in Romans, uh, Romans six twelve. Uh huh. Do not allow sin to rule in your mortal bodies, so that you might obey its lust. Neither present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So it is the idea that I'm deciding. We sing the song, I've decided to follow Jesus. Right. A repentant heart causes us to make different decisions. It causes us to turn away from some things. But it causes us to seek and pursue and do mm-hmm. the will of God. Because <clears throat> so, it's, it's like so many things that if you decide you're not going to do something, you have to fill that space with something else. Right. And so in this case, it's not just a, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's, I'm not going to do this anymore because I'm going to do this now. Well, and, and it's not, you're right, we have to fill it with something else, but it's not just any something else. It's G, we've been convicted that Jesus Christ is Lord. So right. what I need to do, I'm convinced of that, and I decide to do it, is I need to do what Jesus calls me to do. There That's we go. repentance. Okay. So how is that different than the confession side of things? Because it sounds like you could <clears> be <throat> confessing that you needed a change along with the repentance side of things. Well, let's, let's do one more on repentance first. Okay. I'll allow it. Roman, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ojed. All right. <clears throat> In, in Romans 2, verse 4, okay. he says, Do you despise the goodness and the long-suffering and the forbearance of God? That's all God's love shown in the gospel. Right. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Mm. But according to your hardness and impenitent heart, you are storing up for yourself wrath for the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So the love of God in the gospel mm-hmm. changes our minds and changes our hearts and brings us to that commitment to make different decisions. That's repentance. Okay. Now so to the confession. Yeah, so, it's a, <clears throat> so the repentance is more of a mind change. The confession becomes... A what? declaration of that. Okay. In other words... Um, Let's, let's say about repentance before we leave it, that it too is not just a step. It's a, it's, a, it's a paradigm shift for sure. Yeah. But it is a continual state of mind because as the Christian continually hears the word of God and puts his or her trust in it, it, it calls for continual changes in attitude right. and decision, and that's continual repentance. Okay. 
the declaration, the confession in the New Testament took different forms. Hmm. Sometimes it was that Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah. Um, we, that's Peter's confession, that Christ, the Son of God. That was an equivalent in Jewish thought to he's our king. Okay. All right, John 1, 49. Rabbi, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Uh, Psalm 2, when God made this guy king, he said, I'll tell you about God's decree. He said, you are my son. Today I've become your father. Yeah. So to say Jesus is the son of God, to say Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, Jesus is king. Okay. So that's kind of confession <clears throat> one is who you're going to follow now. Yeah. Most people, when they're thinking confession, is probably more... Confession of sin. Yeah, here's the yeah, bad that's, stuff that's I've That's not what we're talking about. Ah. We're talking okay. about the acknowledgement of the kingship, the rulership of Jesus. In Romans 10, 9, okay. the confession that's unto or leading toward salvation mm-hmm. is that Jesus is Lord. Yep. But that's really the same thing as saying that Jesus is the Christ or the king yeah. or the son of God. Lord means ruler, master. King is ruler, master. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in 1 Timothy six twelve, Timothy made the good confession, which we have kind of repeated in 1 Timothy 6, excuse me, yeah, 1 Timothy 6, 15. And that is that Jesus is the blessed and only sovereign, mm-hmm. the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So who is going to be mm-hmm. the sovereign the ruler of your life from this point forward. Jesus is. Yeah. So the confession is actually a commitment, a verbal promise, an mm. oath, if you will. Okay. To serve Jesus from that day forward. Yeah. So it seems like the the repentance is more that personal sin. I'm changing the way I think about things. I'm changing the way I do things. That verbal confession is declaring to anyone Everybody. who's around you. Yep. That now I do follow that person, and that's why my life is now going to change. <clears throat> yeah, and that verbal confession is, is in the book of Hebrews, he keeps saying, hold fast your confession. Mm. God expects you to keep that promise like when you said, I do, yeah. to your wife. It's a very serious promise. Yeah. And then, of course, you're baptized into the death of Christ, Romans 6, 3. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, when you imitate his burial by being buried in water, and raised from the watery grave, you are baptized into Christ, Romans 6, 3. There's a whole bunch of things that happen then. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, 38. Um, you are sealed at that moment with the Spirit, Ephesians mm-hmm. 1, 13. Um, you are forgiven of your sins, Acts 2, 38, at that moment. Um, your debt note to God is canceled, Colossians 2.14. You are, um, your debt note is nailed to the cross at the moment you're baptized, 2.14 of Colossians. You are um, taken out of the grasp of Satan at that moment and, and welcomed into the bosom of God. Quite an event. <laughs> yeah, Colossians 1.13. You are... Um, God leads you in triumph because God has won a victory. Colossians uh, 2.15, I meant to say it's 2.15, 2.14. Okay. And uh, so all of those things happen at baptism. In one spirit, we are all baptized into the one body. We're baptized into the church, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. So that's a a pivotal moment when not only your mind has changed Mm -hmm. and your declaration of your 
yeah. intent has changed, but your relationship with God has now changed. You were outside of Christ. Now you're in Christ. You were outside of the church yeah. and you are now in. You were, your sins were all over you. Now your sins are forgiven. Mm. You're, yeah. Now it's with that one. And this is where I think most people, they really cling to this idea of the steps, the process. Yep. Because everything else we've talked about really is a continual thing. We continue declaring, we continue repenting and turning towards God and all these different things. But really, we're not baptized over and over no. and over and over and over. And no, so at they, that moment, we've been united with Christ. And so they see this as a, okay, well, I've heard, I've believed, I confessed, I repented, you know, all the different things. Now I'm, I'm baptized. Done. Yeah. You've been welcomed into the grace of God. Romans 5, 2 says we then stand in the grace of God. Yeah. But as we stand in that grace, Jesus is our Lord. We so as our Lord keeps telling us things we need to do, we keep trying to do those things. Mm. See, that's continual. <clears throat> as he tells us stuff in his word, we're continually listening to it and being convicted mm. by it. We daily decide to keep putting our trust in him. Yeah. And that's when we continue, to, you know, if we, if we stumble, we keep repenting of our sins. So we can lose that state if we don't keep trying. Mm. So does that mean that, <clears throat> like, let's say I sin today, yep. probably have multiple times, and I don't finish the day by saying, dear Lord, forgive me of these things. Have I fallen out of God's grace? No. But we are told in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that we need to confess our sins to God, and that means not... That means sincerely, hmm. Lord, I sin against you and I've sinned today and every day. Lord, please forgive me. And it needs to be repentance. Yeah. Not just words, but repentance. You live a penitent life. Yeah. You acknowledge your sins as you go. So, <clears throat> so is this where, instead of us thinking about, okay, we've done these steps and we're done, hmm. is it more beneficial to go... I've decided to make him my king, to have a relationship with him. And it's a process that continues, not because if I don't follow his process or if I don't do all the right rules or make the right decisions, each little step of the way, he's going to boot me out of this. But it's I'm doing that because that's what I want to do to maintain a relationship with him. You mean after you're baptized into Christ? Yeah. Um, because I think that some... Yes, because grace... Uh -huh. And continued grace is, according to the Bible, according to 1 John 1, 7, Romans 8, 4, it is determined by a person's desire and effort to walk in the light or mm. walk by the Spirit. That doesn't mean perfection because the Bible teaches we can't be perfect. Yeah. We have sinned and we do sin. But there's a difference between the person who's trying to live under the lordship of Jesus and mm. do his will and the person that's not trying to live under the lordship of Jesus. It, I mean, that really <clears throat> seems to be that repentance step is the, the kind of continual. That is it. Yeah. Yes. And if you keep that. Now, <clears throat> none of these things are meritorious. Right. And that's, that's number one thing that gets leveled against Churches of Christ and yeah. lots of other groups. That's but that we've earned it We somehow. need another discussion on this, but the idea that we're saved by works, mm -hmm. yeah. especially if we read Paul, Paul means we do not merit or earn mm -hmm. our salvation no matter how many good works we do because we sin. Yeah. 
But that doesn't mean we don't have to hear God's word and put our trust in him and receive the gift of his righteousness when we're baptized mm. into Christ. Those, those are the ways we receive his grace. Yeah. We haven't earned it. Right. But we still have to do those things. Is that part of by declaring him our Lord, by declaring him our king, we follow his commands, not because it earns us anything, but because that's what we want to follow and that's what he's asked us to do. In Romans, Paul starts the book out by calling himself a slave of Christ. Right. Now, when the slave works all day, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the master owes him nothing. nothing. But we have a good master. Mm-hmm. And that good master takes care of his slaves. His slaves aren't perfect. Yeah. But as long as they keep trying to serve their master, mm-hmm. the master takes care of them. Yeah. That's the best illustration I know to yeah. explain grace. So maybe to wrap it up, it's not necessarily that we're <clears throat> saying there are no hear, believe, repent. Those there are. Like, they exist, but we shouldn't see them as a step that we've completed and we're done with. No, but we should see them. If, if we're outside of Christ, as things that lead us to Christ mm-hmm. and into Christ and into His grace. And then there's a mindset and a path of action yeah. that keeps us in His grace, even mm-hmm. though we'll never be perfect. Okay. And I'm sure that'll prompt <clears throat> some follow-up questions. <clears throat> I hope say. it does. Yeah. But hopefully that lays out some things and clarifies a couple things from our previous discussion. And as always, thanks, Dan, for your time. And we'll see you all again next week. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.